Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper. This is episode 91. We thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to the restaurant of your choice, courtesy of Mansfield Overhead Door, with our trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Council approves next fiscal year's budget. Mansfield ISD students rank among top 1% of PSAT scores. COVID-19 continues its increasing local spread. Love a good marching band? How about 24 of them back-to-back? We'll tell you when and where. MISD wind symphonies earn national mark of excellence. Renewing or signing up for a new library card could pay big bucks in September. In sports, we have the results of last week's MISD football games and who plays this week. Coming up in the features section. An update on the Mars helicopter ingenuity. Watch your step, Mansfield. Snake bites are on the rise. I'm Katrina Brown, and today we are talking about what to do if you are bitten by a snake on your Texas Health Tip of the Week. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, segment, I'll be sharing a drink that conveys that today is the first day of fall. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve talks one-on-one with Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Did you know Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Interested in becoming a nurse? Earn your bachelor's in nursing at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more at swau.edu. Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 917- 913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, this is Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The City Council unanimously approved the City of Mansfield's operating budget and property tax rate for fiscal year 2021-22 at their most recent meeting. The new budget calls for the addition of 17 new full-time jobs, two new city departments, more street funding, and, best of all, no tax increases. The new budget goes into effect October 1st. Three Mansfield ISD students have been named semi-finalists in the National Merit Scholarship Program, an honor given to less than 1% of high school students in the country. Haley Chung from Lake Ridge High School, along with Nicholas Mendel and Lawrence Wang, both from Mansfield High School, earned the distinction of semi-finalists based on their top scores on the preliminary SAT, also known as the PSAT, and the National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test. Out of more than 1.6 million entrants nationwide, only 16,000 students are selected as semifinalists. In February of 2022, 15,000 of those students will be named finalists, and about half of them will win a National Merit Scholarship worth thousands of dollars. The COVID-19 epidemic continues its spread in Mansfield. With the numbers, here's science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. The city of Mansfield saw a Another increase in weekly new cases reported this past week at 290. Back in May, this number was below 50 persons each week. 
There were three new fatalities here this past week, same as the week before. The whole month of June saw only one fatality here. 48% of Mansfield citizens over age 12 are fully vaccinated, according to county reporting, a small increase over the week before. Public health analysis suggests we need to get to around 70% to be able to stop or contain the local viral spread. Mansfield Independent School District identified 357 active cases among students and staffs at the end of last week. This is a small decrease from the week before. You can find their daily reporting by school on the MISD website, where it has also been recently updated to show the color code for each school. All were green last week. Tarrant County's overall trend suggests the same increasing spread. Across the county, 1,153 fellow citizens were in one of our hospitals with the virus at the end of last week. This is the first decline in this number in 15 weeks, growing from about 80 citizens early in June. This past week, 103 fellow Tarrant County citizens were reported to have passed away from the virus, an increase over the previous week. The county's test positivity rate remains around 22%, indicating a lot of infected citizens have not yet been diagnosed. Community spread remains estimated as high. Texas statewide trends are similar. Tarrant County public health officials recommend that all eligible citizens get vaccinated. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. We are just a couple of days away from fall, and fall, of course, means not only Friday night football, but we're talking about marching bands. And one of the big events that happens before what is affectionately known as Bandtober, which is the entire month of October, here in Mansfield gives you an opportunity to see a lot of the area marching bands, and it's called the Mansfield Preview of Champions. It's hosted by Mansfield High School, and it's taking place this coming weekend. With us on the telephone is the Mansfield High School Band Director, Will Ludlow. Will, welcome to About Mansfield. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us about the Mansfield Preview of Champions. Uh, When does it take place, and what can someone expect to see at the Preview of Champions? Well, this is our ninth annual uh, Preview of Champions contest. It is being hosted by the Mansfield High School Tiger Band Boosters. And as you mentioned, it is on Saturday, the 25th of September at the Vernon Newsom Stadium. And what we have is a full day and evening of marching band. In the morning, starting at 10 a.m., we will have 24 bands competing against each other and being evaluated by a panel of judges. And then the top 10 scoring bands will then advance to finals and compete against each other again in a semi-separate contest to be crowned this year's uh, grand champion of the Preview of Champions. And these are all marching bands that are right here from this this area, is that correct? Yeah, from the DFW um, area, we have bands from Keller, from Burleson, Arlington, all the way out to McKinney and Rowlett. There's a band from Rowlett as well, all around the North Texas DFW area. And it's winner-take-all. It, it gives them bragging rights, saying we are the champions of uh, the Preview of Champions. That's exactly right. We are actually one of the larger marching band contests in the area. And so this has actually become quite a bit of a competitive contest. And we're going to have some really high-caliber bands here. And the prelims is divided into classes. So um, we have four different classes based on the size of band. And so we'll award first, second, and third place in each class. But then, as I mentioned, in finals, the top 10 scoring bands, regardless of class, will compete against each other to be crowned grand champion. And it is significant bragging rights. If a Mansfield resident was interested in going to see the preview of champions, again, starting at 10 in the morning, 24 bands, what's it going to cost me to get in the gate? Admission is $10, and that $10 is for all day and all night. So it's pay one time, as long as you keep your handy-dandy uh, bracelet on uh, that we give you. Um, you can come and go as you like, and that gets you into prelims and for, to finals, once again, for $10. All the Mansfield schools will be competing. Um, the only school that doesn't compete is Mansfield High School, but we will be performing an exhibition. And so it's a great uh, way for all the local uh, community members to support our local students and our local bands. And it's just going to be a great afternoon and evening of good, wholesome uh, high school marching band. Apparently, this week, we're going to have great weather. So, hey, how often do you get to say that? This coming Saturday, the 25th of September, starting at 10 a.m., Vernon Newsom Stadium, the Mansfield Preview of Champions. Will Ludlow, I appreciate you being on About Mansfield. Hey, thank you so much.
much for the invite. We, I greatly appreciate it. Three Mansfield ISD wind symphonies have been awarded the 2021 Mark of Excellence from the Foundation for Music Education. The Lake Ridge, Legacy, and Summit High School Wind Symphonies received the Mark of Excellence honor after submitting their best recordings from the spring. The music was judged and ranked by nationally renowned adjudicators. This year, 236 musical ensembles from 38 states entered the competition. Having placed within the top 25%, the Lake Ridge, Legacy, and Summit High School Wind Symphonies all received the designation of National Winner. September is Library Card Sign-Up Month, and the Mansfield Public Library will be giving away $25 Amazon gift cards to two lucky people who renew or sign up for a new library card. Throughout the school year, public libraries assist parents and caregivers with saving hundreds of dollars on educational resources and services for students. From free access to STEM programs, virtual homework help, and practice tests to the expertise of librarians, a library card is one of the most cost-effective back-to-school supplies available. The deadline to enter the library card contest is September 30th, and the drawing will be held on Friday, October 1st. The winners will be announced on social media and contacted privately. In sports, just one winner in Mansfield ISD football last week. The Mansfield football Tigers outscored Waco 34-28. Meanwhile, Cedar Hill topped Lake Ridge 38-20, and Timberview was edged by Everman 35-33. Summit and Legacy had the week off. This week, Timberview plays Joshua on Thursday at Newsom with a 7 p.m. kickoff. Friday night, under the lights, Mansfield football Tigers takes on DeSoto at R.L. Anderson, 7.30 kickoff. Summit and Burleson sent Centennial go head-to-head at Newsom at 7 p.m. Lake Ridge travels to Waxahachie while Legacy hits the road to Red Oak. Just a reminder that you can find the MISD football schedule for all five teams on our website, aboutmansfield.com, under the Links tab. Saturday is National Quesadilla Day, also known as Dia de la Quesadilla. In their most basic form, the quesadilla is simply a flour tortilla filled with melted cheese. Some people also include other fillings, such as chorizo, chicken, pork, or beef, and then don't forget the toppings, fresh tomatoes, salsa, herbs, sour cream, guacamole, and chilies bring a whole other level of flavor to the quesadilla. Don't forget to finish it with a squeeze of lime, serve it with an ice-cold modelo or a margarita, and you'll be speaking Spanish in no time. Provecho, revisemos el pronóstico del tiempo de siete días con Colleen. Colleen? Me gusta las quesadillas todos los días. Ahora, tengo el clima para los próximos siete días. What? Actually, it's such a great forecast, I'll go ahead and do it in English. Let's take a look at our weather forecast for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. After we hit 100 degrees early this week, a glorious cold front has come through to refresh us. We're going to enjoy a couple more days with highs in the low to mid-80s and lows in the upper 50s to low 60s, magically in line with the autumn equinox on Wednesday. Then we're going to warm up a bit into the weekend with highs in the low 90s and lows in the 70s. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District suggests that most Mansfield lawns could use a half inch of water this week. Cooler temperatures have arrived with a small chance of rain. Autumn is now here, and the shorter days will change watering advice amounts moving forward. Be sure your sprinklers are operating correctly and not wasting water. And as always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. So, when we come back in 60 seconds, science reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Health specialist Katrina Brown has the Texas Health Tip of the Week. And Brian Certain serves up another cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in the episode, the trivia question of the week. And Steve talks in studio with Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. 
Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi, I'm Katie Hayes, pastor of Galileo Church, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Science reporter Dennis Webb puts us up to date on the helicopter on Mars. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. It's been a while since we talked about the little helicopter on Mars called Ingenuity. The Jet Propulsion Laboratory's chief helicopter pilot, Hoivai Gripa, a Norwegian PhD in cybernetics, shared a recent status this past week, and I summarized his explanation. While each flight was a learning experience, and each flight more successful than the one before, the little helicopter has a new challenge, the seasonal variation of the atmosphere on Mars. The helicopter was designed and tested to get a few flights in the Mars summer season as a technology demonstration. The helicopter wildly exceeded the design requirements and is still flying and is now contemplating its 14th flight. The thin Martian atmosphere becomes even less dense as Martian summer turns to Martian fall. This happens as the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is slowly frozen on Mars' northern polar ice cap, reducing the air pressure across the planet. The southern polar ice cap stays frozen during the whole Martian year as it is at a much higher elevation. The helicopter was designed and fully tested to operate in atmospheric densities between 1.2 and 1.5 percent of the Earth's atmosphere, and it's done a great job. In the coming months, Mars' atmosphere, where the helicopter currently lives, is expected to drop to 1.0 percent of the Earth's atmosphere, a condition the helicopter has not been tested. The team, as experienced scientists knowledgeable about the physics involved, are trying to figure out how to keep the helicopter flying beyond its design life. Here's what they're up against. The simple helicopter answer to reduced air density is increased rotor speed, something Ingenuity can do, but it has not yet been tried on Mars. Increasing the rotor speed might have the wingtips become supersonic, meaning out at the tip it's moving faster than the speed of sound, and this will increase the drag and make practical flight difficult. With the thin atmosphere on Mars, supersonic speed is lower than on Earth, but it is still a problem. Problem, as there was no testing of this on the Earth before it was launched. Pre-launch testing on Earth had more important priorities. As the higher rotor speeds were not tested on Earth, there may be unexpected vibration resonances across the structure. That might be destructive to the small helicopter. The 14th flight will evaluate all of these concerns. The higher rotor speeds will require more electrical power, and this next flight will also evaluate that constraint. The next flight will be pretty boring, as it seeks to figure out if the helicopter can still fly in this different atmosphere. Even if the engineers fail in expanding this performance envelope, the Ingenuity helicopter has been fully successful in its design mission. I'm betting on the engineers keeping it flying. Watch this space. For those who understand more about aerodynamics, we've included a link to the JPL pilot's report in this episode's links. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. This week, health specialist Katrina Brown talks about snake bites. 
Katrina. About 7,000 people are bitten by venomous snakes in the U.S. annually. Only about one out of every 500 of those result in death. On average, one to two people in Texas die each year due to snake bites. Whether you're scared of snakes or you apply the old, they won't bother me if I don't bother them attitude, it's good to know what you should do if you ever do get bitten by a snake. Snakes usually bite defensively, rather than actively attacking humans, and in Texas, it's just as common for people to be bitten around their home as it is out in the woods or other rural areas. If you're ever bitten by a snake, keeping these tips in mind might actually save your life. First thing to do, call 911. You should treat each and every snake bite as an emergency, regardless of whether you think the snake was venomous or not. Many snakes look similar, and if you wait to see if you feel symptoms of venom poisoning, it might be too late by the time you get help. You need to stay as still as possible, so rather than running for the phone, use a mobile phone or have someone else go and call for help. Alerting the hospital that you are going to is a good idea so staff can have antivenom ready for when you arrive. While it's easier said than done, staying calm and still after a snake bite can help slow down the spread of venom in your body. If you've been bitten by a poisonous snake, not moving might save your life. It's a myth that snake venom gets straight into your bloodstream after a bite. Instead, it moves through your lymphatic system. Lymph is a fluid in your body that contains white blood cells. Unlike blood, which is pumped around your body continuously, your lymph moves through your body via your limbs. If you can stay still and calm, you can prevent the venom in your lymphatic system from traveling further into your body. If you're sure the snake has moved away after biting you and you're not in danger of being bitten again, remain where you are rather than walking to get help. If you're with other people, they shouldn't move you at all, but start administering first aid where you are. Take long, deep breaths to help calm yourself. Remember that the odds are in your favor. It's very rare for people to die after being bitten by a snake, especially if they follow first aid steps. Also, don't try to catch, injure, or kill the snake. Many second bites and second victims occur because of this. And people have been told to bring the snake to the hospital with them. Trust me, as a nurse, I do not need this excitement. If you're able to snap a picture with your phone, that is best. At the hospital, staff have access to a range of tests that can help determine the likely snake which you have been bitten by, enabling them to give you the most appropriate treatment. Next, most snake bites occur on a limb, like feet, legs, arms, hands, are most commonly affected. If you've been bitten on a limb, remove any jewelry, clothing, or shoes, and quickly apply pressure. Not a tourniquet. This can slow or stop the venom from moving through your lymphatic system. There are a lot of old methods of treating snake bites that are now known to cause more harm than good. Washing the snake bite site can wash off venom that the hospital staff may be able to use to identify the type of snake that bit you. If you've got a cloth or gauze, put it over the snake bite to soak up the venom for later testing before you wash the area. Do not suck or cut the bite area that has proven basically useless no matter what you saw in the old western movie. Also, do not apply a tourniquet. Again, do not apply a tourniquet. This can be dangerous and has led to tissue damage and even amputation in some cases. They say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, so be sure to wear good, solid, high-top boots and long pants when hiking in the wilderness. Stomping or treading heavily creates ground vibrations and noise, which will often cause a snake to hit the road. Snakes have no outer ear, so they feel ground vibrations instead of noise. So make a racket and watch your step. Until next time, stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield and reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Katrina Brown. Brian Certain is serving up a libation that sounds like the beginning of a mystery novel, but it's not. Here's the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is The Dark and Stormy. For all of its names melodrama, The Dark and Stormy's history is tame. In 1806, an early Gosling family member sailed from England bound for Virginia. But he didn't make it to America. The sea was way too still. So the ship headed for the nearest dock instead, which happened to be Bermuda. There, using his family's background and spirits, he created the recipe for Gosling's aged back black rum. On another part of the island, after World War I, British naval officers were brewing up ginger beer to combat seasickness. They swirled the two together in a cup, and a sailor allegedly commented that it looked like the color of a cloud only a fool or a dead man would sail under. 
and the dark and stormy was christened. Now, many things disappear into the Bermuda Triangle, but the dark and stormy is one of the things that have come out of it. Gosling still plays a big part in the dark and stormy lore, largely thanks to a slew of trademarks that it owns on the cocktail. Technically speaking, a dark and stormy, dubbed a dark and stormy by Gosling's, can only be made with Gosling's Black Seal Rum and Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer, and no lime juice, but garnishing with a lime wedge is permissible. And Gosling's is very litigious about its intellectual property, and gosh knows I don't want them coming after us here at the About Mansfield podcast. So since Gosling's is so litigious about going after competing beverage companies that try and rip off its name and recipe with their own rum brands, on some menus you'll find the cocktail called a Safe Harbor, which is basically a dark and stormy without the legal baggage. But don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be getting out the ingredients and the directions. And as always, they're posted on bourbongospel.com. Ingredients. Two ounces of dark rum. Did you get that you need to be Gosling's Dark Seal Rum to be a official dark and stormy? Three ounces of Gosling's Ginger Beer. But again, if you're making them at home, I don't think there are any lawyers there. Or maybe there are. But then you're going to add one half ounce of lime juice as well. This week's drink is very easy to make. Fill a tall glass with ice cubes, add the rum, pour in the ginger beer and the lime juice, stir with a bar spoon, and enjoy. It's a great cocktail. The mixture of the dark rum, the brightness of the ginger beer really does pair beautifully. Um, And as we start the fall season, what more appropriate cocktail to pick than the dark and stormy? But as always, I'm interested in hearing your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad. But too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Will Garcia, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What year was Dr. Kentu hired by the Mansfield ISD? According to the MISD website, Dr. Kentu was hired as a teacher and coach at Mansfield High School in 1993. Will has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice, courtesy of Mansfield Overhead Door. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. Can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi i'm megan sutton owner of shane boys craft hawaiian grinds and you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted wildly popular trivia question of the week the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a 25 dollars gift card to the restaurant of your choice courtesy of mansfield overhead door offering residential and commercial garage door installation and repair as well as box truck door services got a broken spring perhaps a cable off its track door opener not working you can find them on the web at mansfieldoverheaddoor.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, he is the only person in history to win world boxing, karate, and kickboxing titles and hold them all at the same time. 
This week's trivia question is, who is he? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, name the only person in history to win world boxing, karate, and kickboxing titles and hold them all at the same time. Good luck, and thanks to Kevin and Tammy at Mansfield Overhead Door for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, I've been wanting this person to be a guest on this podcast uh, ever since the podcast was started. 91 weeks ago, she was on my short list, and it's finally a pleasure to welcome Dr. Kimberly Cantu, the Mansfield ISD superintendent. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to start off with, um, with one of the tough questions. Okay. In all of the city of Mansfield, who has a more difficult job than you? Oh, goodness. I'm sure a lot of people. No, no. <laughs> but th- no, thank you for that. It's, you know, these are challenging times, sure. but, um, you know, I love the work I do. So it's okay. We're trying to do everything we can for kids. Let's go back and find out who, who is Kimberly? First of all, may I call you Kimberly? Yes, you may. Okay. Let's find out who you are. And uh, are you a native Texan? I am. You were born in Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. And so. and looking at your your LinkedIn profile, okay. all your all of your schooling was around here from from Tarleton to Texas Women's to it was all in Texas. All of your employment that at least is listed on on LinkedIn is mm-hmm. is here in Texas. You grew up uh, born in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any siblings? I do. I do. I have a uh, sister, um, two years older than me, and she's a nurse manager at Cook Children's in Fort Worth. And then I have a stepsister who lives down in San Marcos. Still in Texas. Oh, everybody's in Texas. Now, my dad's family's from Pennsylvania. Okay. But uh, we've been in Texas. He's been in Texas since he was stationed at Carswell. He never left. Did you wind up graduating high school, Also, uh, lived in one area at the same time? I did. I grew up in the southwest side of Fort Worth, went to Southwest High School, um, and went to junior college, played basketball for two years at a small little junior college in Texas, um, then went to Tarleton State in Stephenville, got, stayed there and got my bachelor's and my master's there in English, mm-hmm. and then became a teacher. My first year teaching, I was in Llano, Texas, which is down outside of Austin. Sure. Um, coached there, co- coached and taught there one year, and then came to Mansfield in 93 as an English teacher and a basketball coach. Debbie Weems hired me. Now, that was kind of the short answer. Let's, yeah. let's, we're going, we're going back to, uh, okay. to, to little Kimberly again. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, <laughs> were you a good student? I was a decent student. A decent student. Um, I was, um, my parents were divorced mm-hmm. and my mom worked a ton. She worked for the Fort Worth Police Department. And so, um, and I had a, had a wonderful, uh, wonderful childhood. But I, I would say that I was um, social and interested in athletics and my friends. And so I, <laughs> I, I was a, Decent student. So that took precedence <laughs> over grades, maybe? Or, or you know, I I was happy with a, a B or a C, or if I got an e, that, a, that was great too. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was, I think I was just probably your average kid who just, I loved going to school. I loved being at school. Um, but I wasn't, I, I didn't have that self imposed pressure. And in high school, to always get the A, that came, that developed later. So in high school, uh, give me a typical Friday night for Kimberly. Now, Cantu, I would assume, is a married name. So uh, let's go. uh, Let's just stick with Kimberly. Uh, A typical Friday night in high school uh, looked like what? Probably looked like um, during football season. Friday night lights. Friday night lights, heading over to Heidi's house, um, getting ready for the game together, driving out to the football game, and probably going back to somebody's house or going to Mama's Pizza over by TCU Mm -hmm. after the football game. And that was a typical Friday night. Did you know in high school that your career path was eventually going to take you to becoming the superintendent of a school district? I truly had no idea. Actually, when I was in high school, I wanted to be Jane McGarry. I wanted to read the news. Um, that was that was my goal was to go into broadcast journalism. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Jane is uh, is is someone, yeah, definitely to look up to. Right. You majored in in English. I did. So you love to read and write. Correct. All right. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad if I didn't. Do you have a favorite book? I do. It's To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, my youngest daughter's named Harper after Harper Lee. Very cool. How many yeah. kids do you have? Four. We're, so we're a blended family. Uh-huh. So we have four all together. Uh, it is all four girls. God bless Jerry can too. Yeah. But uh, our oldest is Courtney. She's 30 and uh, she teaches and coaches in Arlington ISD at Bailey Junior High. Um, she's married and we have our first grandbaby with Courtney and Brad. And then Kendall is our 27-year-old and her and her husband have one on the way. Nice. And they both graduated from Mansfield schools, uh, Courtney from Mansfield High and Kendall from Legacy. And then Hannah is mine from my first marriage and she's 21 and she is in the process of getting her real estate license right now. And then we have an 11-year-old together mm-hmm. and her name is Harper and she goes to Donna Shepherd. Shout outs to the kids. Shout outs to the kids. All That's right. right. So uh, you mentioned Friday nights. Uh, you, you enjoyed Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. and... I don't go to many football games, right. but uh, because my kids have graduated, they're both products of Mansfield High School. Mm-hmm. The times that I do go to football games, you're there. Yes, do you have, I'm there. Do you have a favorite football team? Within Mansfield ISD? Yes. All five. Equally, all five. All five are equally my favorite She's football team. She's sitting on team. the fence. Yes, I, Mansfield ISD football is my favorite. Absolutely. Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. Good answer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I kind of have to lean toward the Mansfield Tigers. Uh, sure, but, uh, I my, understand. My son was a marching tiger for mm-hmm. all four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter was in, uh, what's that, where they do the flags? Color uh, Guard. The, the Color Guard. Mm-hmm. Thank you. For one year. Mm-hmm. After Fort Worth, you mentioned you went to uh, you, you went to college. You went to Tarleton. Yes. Majored in English. You got your bachelor's there and your master's. My master's in English, yes. In English. You went to Texas Women's. Yes. For? My mid-management certification, which allowed me to be. It was called mid-management certification back in the day. Now a principal certification. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then your doctorate? A&M Commerce. A&M Commerce. Yes. Was it always your goal to go for a doctorate? No, it wasn't either. I, I can tell you education was highly valued in my home mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up. I always knew I was going to college. There was no question whatsoever that that was happening. Um, and so I just never thought any any differently. And then I think when I got to college, I found out I was actually, you know, I told you I was a, an average student in high school. When I got to college, I realized I was pretty decent at it and, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I think once I found just the love of literature and the things that I really enjoy doing. Um, I, I continued that. And then I think party, partly from playing sports my whole life, I'm just, I'm competitive and I, it's always, okay, what's next, you know, and, and just wanting to accomplish things. And, um, um, and so I think it just, it's just a kind of a part of my DNA now is just, um, you know, I, I got, got into the campus administration and I loved it and wanted to have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And I thought that a part of, of, uh, something that would help me do that would be to to get my doctorate, and I love I love school now. Right? There you go. I love it. Obviously, I work in it, and I love going to it, and I love working in it every day. So, the job that you got, uh, the first job you got here at Mansfield ISD was, was at Mansfield High School. You mentioned you were a uh, a teacher and a coach. Yes, and you taught English, of course, of course. Uh, started off teaching junior English. Okay, which was my, yeah, and you favorite. coached basketball. I did. And Which a is volleyball too, a little bit. Okay, not and as successfully. <laughs> <laughs> but how was your uh, how was your career as a basketball coach? I loved it. I loved it. I had the ninth grade team. So Debbie Weems hired me, um, and that spring when she hired me that summer, she became the assistant athletic director. And so Samantha Morrow came in as the head coach. And so I worked directly under Sam, uh, Samantha Morrow, when she was the head coach. And I was the ninth grade girls basketball coach and did that for five years at Mansfield High and loved every bit of it. NBA, WNBA, do you have a favorite basketball team? This is, (laughs) I actually don't prefer professional Basketball. College. Do you have a favorite basketball team? I prefer high school basketball. Really? I, I, I truly, I, I don't watch college ball, college football, or college basketball. Um, I like professional sports like football yeah. and baseball, but I prefer to watch high school girls volleyball or high school girls basketball hmm. um, and or 
I like to watch it in the Olympics. I know that's, I, I, I can't explain it. There's no rhyme or reason to that. That's just what I like. The one thing I like about school sports mm-hmm. and w- the one thing that really attracts me the most would be uh, March Madness. Okay. School sports mm-hmm. is that it gets so intense because it could be the seniors last time they ever stepped foot on a, foot, on, on a, on a basketball court. Right. And with that, there's that pressure of, I have to do well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would assume the same at the high school level, the senior, it's their last game of the season, unless they move on to the playoffs, this could be the last time I step onto a basketball court. You don't see that intensity in professional basketball. And yeah, I'm right there with you. The, the yeah, and I think what I like so much about the high school, and, and, and to some degree college, is I feel like you get to actually see more of the game strategy. You get to see the plays develop. It's not just run and gun up and down the court, a couple of people that are driving the whole team. You know, I, I like to watch a play develop. I like to watch the defensive strategy. And I just, I feel like you get more of that in a high, when you're watching high school sports. Let's talk about the... Let's talk about the school district. Let's do it. Let's do this. A lot of parents out there Mm -hmm. seem to be either for you or against you, at least on social media. Why do you think that is? I think we are living right now in divisive times. And uh, I think we see that in what's going on politically, what's going on socially. Um, and at the end of the day, a school district is just sort of a little microcosm of society, right? And so um, I think a lot of the things that are going on in schools have been politicized, not, 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 by, not by our parents, but by just the world in general, right? Right. And so um, when a decision is made, which either side, you know, we, from my seat, we're trying to make the decisions that are in the best interests of the majority of our kids. And they're not grounded in political affiliation or even personal belief. It's what do we believe as a school community is best for kids. Sometimes that doesn't land in someone else's um, belief wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And so I I think it's just right now um, with where we've been as a a society for the last 18 months with COVID and, and social media's sort of just exploding in the midst of all of that because that's where people can were able to communicate. Um, I think it's I think it's polarized things a little bit, um, but I think then when a decision is made, if if it's not on one side, then somebody's unhappy, right? right? And so I, I feel like we're we're trying to make the best decisions that we can, but if it's not one that at that specific moment aligns with someone's belief system, then they're unhappy. And I understand that. All right. So before we get into specifics of specifics, sure. let's, first of all, the, the school districts, it, it's not a dictatorship. You don't make decisions by yourself. This is all done, uh, the, the, the school board. In fact, the school board hires and fires the superintendent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when a decision is made, and maybe help me out with the hierarchy here, that, sure. that the the school board makes a decision and then the superintendent and your staff implement those decisions? Or, or how does that work? Well, it, kind of, it works both ways. There are some decisions that the school board makes that we implement, and there, there are some decisions that the school board gives us the freedom to make. Right? Okay. And so now, ultimately, they are the school board. Right. And so if there's something that is, is not pleasing, right? I mean, the school board is, um, I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the leaders of our, of our district, mm-hmm. as well as myself and, and my staff. And so, um, but we have a decision-making process. I mean, there's, yeah, decisions are not made in isolation. And I can speak specifically for, you know, me and my leadership team. We have spent a lot of time talking about the processes and the way in which decisions are made and continuing to define and redefine and hone our processes for that throughout the last 18 months with everything that was going on. Um, decisions were not made in isolation. I mean, there was a team of a team of people sitting around gathering feedback from multiple different areas. Um, and then we would come together and it actually went through a vet team process 
where we try to look at it from every that you know that team try to look at it from every single angle you know the pros and cons you know kind of doing that plus delta on that to see what are the unintended consequences of this you know as we continue to think about what this might look like till they refine that and hone that down to make a recommendation and so there's actually a, a quite the process as we move through some of these more things that we know are some of these more challenging decisions and so if some of these issues are of a greater value than just Mansfield, if it's a uh, a regional area uh, issue or if it's a statewide issue, you uh, do you look then to the other school districts? What's what's Fort Worth ISD doing? What's Dallas ISD doing? And um, whether to close or not for a, a, a school day, a snow day, uh, sure. things like that. You look to other districts and all right. So what are they doing? And and yes, yeah. yes, there is actually. I mean, we. Like our, our curriculum instruction has a, a team of, of districts that they collaborate with and, and, and have a cohort with. I have a group, and it's some of them are the same districts, and then some, there are some different districts as well. But a group of superintendents that we're in constant conversation. Oh, you know, yeah, the texts start. You know, hey, what are you guys going to close? Do you think you're going to close? What's happening with that? Or <laughs> Did y'all, were you on the TEA call yesterday? Let's talk about, or during the TEA call when we're receiving direction from the commissioner, right? What do you guys think about this? How are you, how are y'all thinking about handling it with all the new legislation that's come out? There's, there's lots of collaboration among districts that are very much like us. We, that we talk to. So in, in the, let's, uh, let's start at the top, COVID cases. A lot of parents think that uh, there should be remote learning exclusively. There are some parents out there who feel that my kids should be wearing a mask uh, every second they're on campus. There are some parents out there who say, no, 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 my, my kids should not wear a mask at school. So you are being torn not only uh, in, in three different directions, you, uh, how how do you handle something like that? It's a challenge. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we receive direction. You know, you received, you see what the CDC puts out. You see what Tarrant County Public Health puts out. You see what the governor is telling you. You see what the commissioner of education is telling you from TEA, what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Those things don't always line up, right? And so for us, it's about looking at our school community, collaborating with other districts, you know, kind of calibrating that way, but then looking at our school community and saying, what's going to work for Mansfield ISD? Um, You know, we taking all that information in and again, running it through that that team process, making sure that we're making those right decisions for our community. At last check, there were 348 COVID cases Mm -hmm. on uh, Mansfield ISD campuses. Right. And... Is that I, is that a great concern? Is that a high number? Is that a low number? I can tell you that when we left yesterday, so I, I get a, a daily report mm-hmm. of campus by campus, broken out by staff and broken out by broken out uh, out by student cases, active and recovered. So yesterday at six p.m. Uh, when it was emailed to me, we were at 0.8 percent in student cases. So less than one percent. Okay. And we were at, I believe, 0.9 on the staff side. We have not risen above one percent in either student or staff cases. And I know when you see the number three hundred, I mean, that seems like a, a tremendous amount. But when you look at the number of students that we have in our buildings right now, I mean, we have some campuses where we don't have a case at all. Right. 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 I and, did see that. Right. And so we're we're really looking at at those at those percentages um, to see, and and then we have a. A system of where we look at, you know, if that infection rate is getting above 3% with students, we need to take a hard look at what's going on there. That number of 3% could be spread out throughout an entirely large building. And so there's, we're still okay, or they could be concentrated into one classroom. And then we have to look at that differently, right? Okay. So. Another topic that's been coming up, whether to or whether not to, has been critical race theory or what people are calling CRT. Right. I don't totally understand it. I bet there are some listeners out there that may not understand it. And so, can you explain what what CRT is and, again, why people are against it or why people are in favor of it? I can explain to you a little bit, a little bit about it, but okay. I can tell you um, I'm not an expert on it. Um, you know, it, it's a framework 
or an analytical tool that was primarily used at the university level. That's where it originated. Okay. Um, I think it started in the 70s. Um, as a way to help law students think critically about the impact of historical and present-day racism. Um, in the 90s, I think some colleges of education kind of started to incorporate that um, into some of their coursework. Um, and that's that's kind of where it's, that's the extent of, of critical race theory um, as far as at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot uh, of noise and I, I don't say noise to say that disrespectfully, but there's a lot of talk about critical race theory being in Texas public schools. I can tell you, and you know, we're talking specifically about social studies curriculum. Right. Right. So we teach the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, a social studies curriculum approved by the State Board of Education. And critical race theory is not present in the adopted TEKS by the State Board of Education. And so, you know, are, are there some things that Sometimes people hear critical people hear critical race theory, and um, you know they say, "Well, when you talk about you know Jim Crow laws and things like that, that is within the TEKS. That does have to be taught." Mm-hmm. But even with the new legislation, I think it's House Bill thirty nine seventy nine that went into effect on September one. We're going to teach that it's in the TEKS, but we're going to teach it from an unbiased. I mean, if, if it's going to be talked about, it's going to be talked about in an unbiased way. And that, that teaching that in an unbiased perspective has actually been in our board policy for several years anyway. So critical race theory is not a part of the TEA uh, uh, curriculum. Correct. And simply MISD goes by what the, what the TEA says is the curriculum for uh, uh, for the school district. Absolutely, and it's not being taught in Mansfield ISD. We're talking with Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu. We'll pick up part two next week and conclude it, per usual, with the ever-popular lightning round. Also next week, we have the latest Mansfield news, talk, and information, as well as the trivia question of the week. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website about aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip, Katrina Brown. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.